Episode 97 is here, everybody, with the baddest man on the planet's wife, Miss Ryan Marie Miacic. And uh, we get into a lot of different things about personal life behind the scenes, what it's like being married to a UFC fighter, especially a fighter at a high level, championship, all the responsibilities, the emotional toll, everyday life, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, really appreciate Ryan shedding some light into all that. And uh, we are getting close, folks, to episode 100. Don't forget, please click subscribe. Episode 100 is quickly approaching. And I am going to be joined by my mother, Ida Haber. She's sitting in the host seat, and she's running the interview. So episode 100, thank you guys for being a part of the Optimal Life family. Please click subscribe. Join the family. And once you have done that, please welcome one of the most esteemed MMA guests I've had. We've had Jim Walter, Stipe's manager. We've had Troy L. Smith from the Cleveland Plain Dealer Entertainment Reporter. We've had Will Harris from Will Harris Productions and Anatomy of a Fighter. We've had Anthony Lionheart Smith, the UFC fighter. We've had Daniel D.C. Cormier, the fighter. And now we have the one and only Miss Ryan Marie Miacic. The Optimal Life. Bring you on and uh, see what life's like, you know, on the other side. So first off, how is parenthood over the last year? Oh my God, it's awesome! It's uh, it's it's crazy. It's the craziest kind of awesome. Um, couldn't even imagine life without a child anymore. <laughs> so, Isn't that crazy? It's yeah, it's like you before they're born, you're like, I don't know how it's gonna be, and then you have a baby, and you can't even imagine what you did before you had a baby. I used to tell my brother all the time because he had three nieces all these years and he's he's like well what are you so stressed out about what's come on man this is pretty easy i said bro just wait till you have one one." and now he has one and now look not now he's now he's nowhere to be found exactly (laughs) so it's amazing though unless you go through it yourself you can't you can't prepare yourself no matter what you think you do oh i know we had our first um her first er visit uh a couple weeks ago because she had a high fever and you know it's never happened to us before so of course we're like we're freaking out and we take her to the ER and they're like well this isn't really necessarily even a terrible fever for a baby <laughs> but you know we don't know because oh, I mean I'm, I'm a nurse but when it's your own baby it's so different all your skills go out the window right it's easy when it's everyone else's kids <laughs> right yeah Exactly. Then we got to the ER and she was playing with all their equipment, fine, having apple juice. I'm like, seriously? I know. It's almost like they know what they're doing, too, at, the, at a young age. But exactly. so, so you guys had the baby uh, last summer, right? 2018? Yes, July 25th. July. It was pretty well publicized. And, and you know, I look back at it. We were just talking briefly before we went on live. And uh, I was a little concerned about going back because you were due like within days if I recall of Stipe's fight with Cormier the first one yeah it was pretty crazy I was supposed to be there but then um my blood pressure was through the roof so all of a sudden at the last minute I was not able to travel actually um Stipe was trying to figure out everything he was going to fly the doctor with me on a plane to the fight and um everything was good and was a go and then I went in for another checkup right before we left and um, he actually got our doctor a ticket to the fight to sit next to me <laughs> that's how paranoid oh, he was and uh, he's like 
hey doc would you mind going to my fight with my wife <laughs> and um but last minute we went in for one of my checkups and um dr galen is his name he's incredible uh he was like listen kid it's it's a no-go your blood pressure is too high i don't want to take a chance um you just never know so last minute i wasn't able to be there which sucked yeah well and like i was saying because i was thinking going into that fight and and even when it was announced and it was like I remember seeing something that you even said to those guys, like, guys, don't don't put me in labor too early, you know, early when the fight was first announced, like months before, right? <laughs> something like that. And and, uh, and I remember thinking to myself, because I've gone through it three times, obviously, with, with, my, uh, with my ex-wife, and she, I just remember going up to it, like, those last couple months and the last month, it just gets rough. I mean, it gets, oh, yeah. it gets hard, you're exhausted, you're, you know... And I was yeah. thinking to myself, I don't know how Stipe is going to fight this dude within days yeah. or weeks of that. It's 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 wild, crazy. right? Yeah, it, she came a week early, but I know what you mean. It's like that last couple weeks before you're just you're so big, and it was so hot out, and it was like miserable. And then I think the blood pressure. Um, you know, I mean, we had, again, we had never been through it before, which was kind of a blessing because at least at the end, I didn't have to chase around another baby while being that pregnant and him being gone. I was able to just kind of relax. Um, my doctor pretty much told me to stop doing everything. Um, and then the day he left, uh, the next day, I think I came down with like strep throat. It, it was it was insane. It was oh, like. Geez. It could, so he was freaking out, and I ended up going giving birth a week early, but um, they did, uh, you know, urgent C-section. So right. uh, yeah, it was it was bad. It was rough timing with that fight, you know. It is. It is. It, 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 so much about a, a professional athlete, or really anybody. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be business. It could be medical. Whatever your profession is, if your partner at home is sick or going through something or pregnant in this case and in, in this instance which is like the hardest thing it has a, it takes a toll on you i don't care who you are yeah and i think it's one of those things it's like i mean obviously no excuses but um i think a lot of his heart was you know at home again it was our first one so we'd never been through it i sure. feel like if, if if i were pregnant now and he was fighting i'd be like i'm fine you know he'd be like but, he'd um, be like ryan stay you're staying home i can care less about a doctor i'm, exactly. I'm going to take care of this now yeah <laughs> but yeah with your first one it's also new and it sounds so scary because when they were taking my blood pressure it was just so high so it was like he was so afraid he's like what if you go into labor like the day of the fight or the day before the fight i'm like well uh you wouldn't know because i wouldn't tell you right <laughs> so. right exactly it's so different the second time but like you yeah. said, it's the same mentality. All those first with the first one, it's like you're scared of everything. How, how terrifying is it when you leave the hospital for the first time? Well, yeah, that was the worst part is because um, we were there long because of our the complications and the C-section. So we were there for, I forgot, like four or five days. And then when we finally went home, I'm like, wait, we can't take the nurses with us. <laughs> exactly. you know? So you're, 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 like, in your pants. you're a nurse as well? Yeah. You're a nurse and a real estate agent. I um yeah how, I was you, um yeah I was an RN and then um, life got crazy with his schedule and I still maintain my license but real estate is great for me because um you know I can make my own schedule and it's extremely convenient with his work and the baby. 
So are you currently active in real estate? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. what company are you with? ERA Lens in Broadview Heights. And and the markets, I just had a couple of women on uh, a few weeks ago from, uh, one's a title agent, uh, Stacy Mack, and Susan Sassville's a realtor with, I think, I don't, I don't want to, one of the big ones. Um, and they just did this Boss Babes initiative at Put-in-Bay this summer with a bunch of female real estate agents all over the state. I think, or at least from Cleveland, they all went down to Putin Bay for like. There's like 30 women. Oh boy! And uh, yeah, and they said luck, and they said surprisingly nobody nobody got in any fights. There was no petty <laughs> drama. I don't know if I believe <laughs> them or not, but <laughs> but uh, right. but they're saying that you know the the real estate market in Cleveland's pretty good, and especially for women, it's a great it's a great career field. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. You know, um, I I work with my mom, Jean Carney, and. Um, Armin Rossi, so we're partners, and um, we're busy. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't work as much as them. I mean, they're they're doing twelve hour days every day. Sure. Um, but but yeah, it's definitely rocking. So that's a good thing. So you went into nursing. You wanted to get, got your real estate license uh-huh. to have a second option, um, and obviously that was years back. So take us back a little bit because. I would imagine if you look back four or five years to where your life was then versus where it is now, it has to be almost unbelievable to you at, at times. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like like when <laughs> you were going uh-huh. through that and doing the work and, and, st- and Steepy was working his way up the ranks, I mean, you know, four or five years ago, your guys' life had to be, you know, financially, just notoriety, all the different things you've experienced, people that you know. I mean, I imagine the last few years have been pretty crazy. Yeah, it's been a wild ride, you know. I mean, I originally met him at uh, my brother's fire station. Well, both of their fire stations. Steve Bay still works there. My brother is now a, um, a paramedic and an RN in, in the ER, and... They both worked at Oakwood Village at the time, and I went to my brother's pancake breakfast on Easter, and um, or the weekend of you know what somewhere around Easter. It was either Easter or the week before or after, and um, Stipe was there. I didn't know who he was um, or anything like that. I, I you know I didn't really I had no clue of anything about like MMA. I thought. MMA was a fight league. I had no clue, but um, but I think he had just got signed, and I was actually seeing someone at the time, so I didn't notice him, and I wasn't looking, you know. Sure, of course. And um, what year was that? Oh my God! It was approximately eight, how many? Oh God, probably eight, eight or nine years ago. Okay. Um, and I left there. And I said, hey, I text my friend Megan because she had previously tried to hook us up about three years before that even. So about 10 years ago, my friend Megan was dating this fireman. And she's like, hey, I really want you to come out and meet this guy. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I just started seeing someone. And, you know, and uh, I never went. And then a couple years later, I went to the pancake breakfast. And so then when I left, I said, hey, uh, my brother told me that guy you were talking about was there, but I didn't talk to him or anything. And I was 
she's like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give him her phone number. And I'm like, oh my God, no. Cause I was still dating someone, but we were kind of on the, we were kind of on the outs. <laughs> right. you, <laughs> the, you know, I'm, you know, when you're at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was, it was done, but it wasn't officially done, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, sure enough, about like five minutes later, my phone starts going off and it's Steve <laughs> and he's like, Hey, it's me, your stalker, Steve Um, and I'm like, hi. And he asked me out, and I'm like, I don't know. So, anyways, um, hey, hey, everyone that's listening, you now know the best pickup line. Just tell him you're the stalker, and it will work. <laughs> right there, it is super smooth. <laughs> Played great. it really cool. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, this is your stalker. So we plan this date, and long story short, my brother gets really mad, and he's like, you're not going on the date because I'm not gonna, you know, hear about my sister in locker room talk. So I call Steve Bay the morning of the date, and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry, I cannot go. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I, I can't. So I told him why, and he hangs up the phone, but then he calls me back. He goes, just give me five minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God, okay. So he calls my brother, and he's like, listen, man, I really like your sister. It's no funny business. I'm not going to do anything weird. Um, I'll come over, and I'll meet your whole family. Uh, I still lived with my parents at the time. Mm-hmm. So sure, my brother's like, okay, great. Then come over and meet my whole family and put him on the spot. And sure enough, he did. He came over and we sat on my parents' back porch for like an hour before we left. Wow. And um, yeah, my dad actually still says, he's like, I knew from the first night I saw you with him that you were going to marry him. So, Well, you know what, man? You could, he's, first of all, I obviously don't know him personally. Uh, I know Ryan, my brother knows him, just acquainted through being out, but... Um, from what I see of him, obviously he's got a great personality. He's a normal guy, charming guy, and just a real guy. And and you know, what I respect about him too a lot is that he's always talking about you. <laughs> like I, most of these guys don't say a word about their wives and significant others, and that he's always talking about you. Yeah, he's right. Good guy. Like that's more impressive than him flatlining Overeem or uh, Verdum. I mean. <laughs> He 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 really puts you up on a pedestal, so you can tell it's a, it's a genuine relate. At least it appears to be a real genuine relationship, and it sounds like that's what it was from the from day one. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's, he's he's awesome. He's really um, a good husband, great daddy. You know, he's just he's awesome. He's really funny too, so that helps gets him out of a lot of trouble. That's great. Well, <laughs> hey, listen, we all know the number one pickup line now. If there's one thing we take from this podcast, we know what to say now. Yeah, it's me, your stalker. <laughs> He said, he goes, I still remember exactly what you were wearing. I mean, he was really, he was in it. So, That's so cool. You know. That's so cool. Yeah. And isn't it just weird, though, when you look back at that, and to, like, if somebody told you what your life would look like eight, nine years later, you would just say, you're so full of shit. Like, there's no way. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like, I think he just gotten signed. And so then, right after we made it official that we were together, he was fighting Shane Del Rosario. And I remember he was in Las Vegas, and I watched it on TV at, at Harry Buffalo. I mean, we were just so new. I mean, I, I barely knew what it was. He was one of the, I think he, I don't know even know if he was on the main card. I can't remember. But um, it was crazy. And then he just went on a wild winning streak. And then, you know, I don't know. It's just... So you've been with him. You've been with him through the whole thing over this this ascent through the the MMA rankings and everything. And 
so what is it like? I mean, what is it like in your perspective? You're sitting there. Give us a little insight into like everyday life for you and, and the emotional toll that maybe things take on you, seeing him and what is his commitment, all those kind of things. What, what's life like? Oh, God. I mean, it's crazy. You know, it's they go from fighting locally and then they get in the UFC if they're doing well, just kind of spirals from there. Um, it, you know, at our home, it's just, you know, your normal, normal standard life. I mean, we're pretty quiet. I would think normal people, um, you know, baby, dog, we're just when he's home from a fight and he's not in a training camp, it's nice, it's calm, it's relaxing. Mm -hmm. But then once a training camp starts, it's like your whole environment shifts, you know, and he's focused. He pretty much every single day wakes up, goes to train, comes home, takes a nap. Well, eats, takes a nap, wakes up, trains again, comes home, eats, passes out. And that's pretty much every day for 12 weeks straight. But on top of that, he works at two fire departments. So right. training camp gets wild because he's never around. And even if he is, he's got to rest. He's got to eat, you know. Um, so you, you really can't uh, can't really ask him for much because they, they're in the zone. Sure. So it's physically and emotionally intense for him. And then it's also, I think, for a wife, um, obviously we're not the ones who have to go in the ring, but we can't wait for fight camps to be over just as much because we're exhausted too. You know, it's like you have you have essentially no partner for that you know three month span. Yeah, I so, mean, what are you like? What's going on in your world? Like everything's on you right now. The kids. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just um, it, it, it's you're you're basically almost a single parent for three months. You know, it's intense. Mm. So it's it's a lot when it's over. You're. In one sense, you're like, I'm ready for a vacation, and then you're also like, fuck that, I want to go home and not talk to anybody for three months. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It's just relax. Like, I just want my husband back, yeah. Yeah, you're just so exhausted, but then when they win, you you have this vision of going home to relax and chill, and you're like, oh, thank God, it's over, and then your phone, I mean, just the next day after a win his manager Jim it's like he'll have 1500 text messages I don't know how many thousand emails it's just you have to like weed through them all you have people coming at you from every angle they want you to be here go there do this do that and you're like damn I thought I was gonna get to relax <laughs> but, but it's the best kind of busy so you can't complain because you know it's I mean thank god it went that way right right yeah, it seems it's it seems uh I mean it seems wild. I mean, listen, you need uh, 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 any MMA fighter or someone that's performing at a high level, they need a their wives need to be true partners. Like you can't I'm convinced you you can't be successful as a fighter at that level or any professional athlete or again any high level performer if your wife is not there as your partner and teammate. Like he, like he needs Ryan in those twelve weeks to just be like the baddest wife that he could. You know what I mean? Or else, yeah, how can he succeed? Just, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's so many moments you want to complain, and then, you know, in one hand, and then in the other, you're like, okay, shut up, because this is like, this is his job. You know what I mean? This is his life. This is our livelihood. I mean, this is. You just have to bite the bullet, buckle down, and you're pretty much in it 
just as deep as they are, you know? I mean, every day, I mean, before the baby, I would go to the gym with him every night of the week, basically, and watch him train. Um, now it's a little different with the baby because she goes to bed at like 7.30 and he doesn't start training until 7, his night session. So um, her and I will go in there as often as we can. But um, that's important too, like having, you know, your your gym environment and your coaches being correct and everybody has to be on point. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's just such a, a trickle effect. I mean, this fight, I was ready to have a nervous breakdown the week of his fight because um seriously i was because his his conditioning coach and agility bobby khalil his son he has a um, chronic illness and ended up needing surgery the week of steve base fight so he calls us we're like bobby of course it's your, it's your son you know don't worry about the fight just do what you got to do and then so we're like okay one coach down then the day before the guys are supposed to leave this is monday the week of the fight his head coach marcus marinelli mr miyagi the godfather what however you want to consider him is like hey guys um i got some news i cut my finger while i was bottling wine and i woke up in the middle of the night and it was huge it had its own heartbeat my whole entire hand is swollen up i gotta go to the er so he gets to the ER and they're like, uh, I think he had, a, I think it was a staph infection he had. They're like, you have a terrible infection. You need surgery. You cannot leave. You could lose your fingers. Oh, so I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, two coaches are down. Those are his two head coaches. So I'm like, oh my God. So Marcus, being the animal he is, goes to the hospital, has this surgery done at the bedside because he's like, you don't understand. I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to get to this fight. I got to go. And they were like, sir, um, you could lose your fingers. And he's like, that's great. Do what you got to do. Give me the surgery. And then he hops on a plane the next morning with this like huge block, almost like how they put a, a cone on a dog's neck with this huge block on his arm on the airplane so that it could stay elevated. Oh and he goodness. flies four hours to California to get there. Yeah, I, I saw them. Actually, I think they highlighted some of this on uh, Embedded. That we got. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. It was like, it was just, it was the craziest fight week. And I you're mean, going, you're going. Oh my God, God's given me a sign. It's not going to be good this weekend. Oh, you guys I, are, I know. Right? And then yeah. finally, we got some good news. His dad was cleared of cancer. Oh, um, thank God. Yeah, like right before the fight. So his dad called, and he's like, "Hey, I was. I don't know if he was waiting to share it or what, but he told him kind of right before that he was cleared of cancer. So Jeez. I was like." Finally, what a crazy game. week that was! It was that's insane. insane. That's absolutely insane. And yeah. that week, that week was a buildup of 365 days since the last fight, since his last loss, devastating yeah. loss. You're not there. Yeah. You're due with the baby in a matter of days. I mean, this was a year long worth of work. So, yeah. that year prior, July of 2018, you're watching from TV. You're watching from the bedside, wherever you are, and you see him get knocked out by DC. Mm -hmm. That moment, yep. what 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 is that moment for you? Um, I don't know. You know, I for some reason I had a bad feeling that fight. Um, that day, I just feel like I I knew, you know, it was just like an off situation, 
and then obviously all the eye pokes came and I, I it seemed to me that he probably should have taken his time to like recoup recover but then also I think he just wanted to get it over with and knock him out because he was winning the fight mm-hmm. you know what I mean yep so then you're like what do you do you don't want to let him recover too much it, it was just an insane scenario but then when I saw him get knocked out I actually I was freakishly calm because I knew I was about to go into labor so I really didn't want to uh-huh. respond too crazy uh-huh. And then when I saw him get right up, I knew he was fine. I'm like, it wasn't that hard of a hit. It was just the way it hit him. You know, it was the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, but I also see him get hit all the time at the gym. So I could tell by the way he got right back up that he was fine. So that was my first relief. And then he called me like two seconds later when he walked in the back and he was like, hey, babe. And I'm like, hey, babe. <laughs> and he's like... Uh, I got knocked the fuck out, and I was like, I know, I saw. <laughs> and, um, but he was he was laughing and he was joking. He's like, I'm gonna come home now, and I'm like, all right, come on, let's have a baby. Yeah, yeah, that has so, to be that has to yeah. be a a strange strange set of circumstances. That was the timing was tough. I mean, no excuse. Obviously, DC's a phenomenal, one of the best of all time. Yeah, and. Uh, and I'm sure Stipe wouldn't make any excuses, but again, I, it's just no. uh, the, the 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 cards were stacked against him on that one. So yeah, it's just the way the cookie crumbled. You know, yeah. it is what it is. It was meant to be. But I mean, I look back and I think, um, in a way, thank God he had that year off because he would not have been able to be home the way he has been this past year. You know, I mean, like I said, the second you win, they want you to boom, 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 this, that, and the other. So especially when you're the know, baddest man on the planet. I mean, when you're holding yeah, a heavyweight so, title, like, he he couldn't have been doing all that stuff after the baby came. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have been home alone, and I had such a crazy, I guess, you know, emergency C-section. I mean, it was, it would have been insane if he would have had to leave a couple of days after that. You know what I mean? Everything does, I'm a firm believer, everything truly happens for a reason. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it sucks when you're in it, but there's always... There's always that light at the end. So the th- obviously he was able to spend time with you, with the baby, yeah. watch his daughter grow up, be a part of her life, not have to deal with the stress and pressure of the belt and all the other crap that comes with it. So it was probably the right timing meant to be. And then the buildup. So the buildup for you this past like few months leading up to the last fight with DC, what was that, what was that like emotionally and what did you see in Stipe? Was there any changes that you saw? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, now our family is settled. I think we have a routine. Um, He knew the baby and I were coming. He knew, I mean, we don't share a hotel room or anything. We never have. He sleeps with his coaches. Mm -hmm. And um, then Mila and I and my parents were there. So I had just like an adjoining room with them and they helped when I had to go be with him, etc. But um this it was just a good calm feeling um mila you know kids you could be having the craziest day ever and then they walk in and light up the room so it was like every day in california he'd be um you know he'd stop at our hotel room and she'd light up the show and then he'd be in a great you know great vibes and um he was just different this time he was just calm and he just kept telling me he's like I'm not saying it's going to be the easiest one, he said, but I'm I'm bringing the belt home, so I'm 100% sure of it. I mean, he, he had no doubts. He said, I knew when he 
Yeah, he goes, I knew when I first got in there, I felt, you know, a little ring rust. It was out of sorts. Um, he said, but once he kept hitting me and it wasn't phasing me, then I got confident, you know, because I knew, like, he didn't knock me out the first fight. It was just, it was the way he hit me the first fight that it just hit that spot and it, it you know, happened. Right. He's like, but once I went in this fight and he hit, he hit him, what, almost like 300 times or something. And, yeah. um, he's like, if he couldn't knock me out 300 times, then fuck them you know what i mean yeah that's, <laughs> so, that's amazing that uh, that, yeah. that what was it the was it the fourth round right i yeah. think like when he came out in the third i saw the shift in his confidence like all of a sudden he was bouncing he was moving he was looking like himself how he always typically fights and the second i saw him land that first body shot i knew it was done i was just kind of didn't want to get um you know you don't yeah. want to like get overly excited but I knew <laughs> he saw the opening yeah. you know Dominic Cruz said it in the second round actually when he was commentating he said uh, he said Stipe needs to land shots to the body this is early in the second he's like I think maybe it was after he hit that shot he's like he needs to continue doing that soften Cormier up to have a chance at this fight I mean spot on two rounds later that then that left hook started coming that's what Stipe said he goes the first the first one I hit him with I heard him let out this sound that was just like like you yeah. know he goes I knew the second I landed that that was going to be a wrap but um that was amazing yeah, he was just, it was amazing that was that that fourth round was the most amazing thing I've seen I mean that was just he did, I think it was like 15 body shots left hook that I counted uh-huh. I mean it was incredible yeah, it was a wild, <laughs> was wild fight. So, so you go from that in July of eighteen to that, you know, devastation. Obviously, you guys are kind of like, all right, I'll see you soon. Get your ass back home now. Uh, right. But you go from that to low moment to to this. Uh, is this is this the best moment of uh, for you in his career this past fight? Um, actually, no. But I think um, for me, it was probably. I don't know why, but I always feel like um, when he, the very first fight that he had with Junior Dos Santos, that he did not win, but he stood five rounds with him. And a lot of people actually thought Stipe won that fight. but Super um, close fight, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? But of yeah. course, Junior was the uh, you know former champ and whatnot, and it, it was a close one. But I think for me, that was probably my favorite moment because... When he, I don't know, it was like the first time I saw that he realized that he, if he could stand with Junior at that time in Junior's career for five rounds, something in him triggered, and he was like, I could really win this, you know what I mean? That's beautiful. I mean, that is absolutely amazing that that's your favorite. It makes so much sense, but nobody would ever expect that that's what you'd say. That's really powerful, I think. Because it's almost like, for you, you recognize your husband or whatever he was I don't know if you guys were married then but you know you recognize Stipe realized he belonged and like that was probably his like coming out moment like I belong here uh-huh. and for you, you for you you were go- seeing all these years days months years of hard work and here he is fighting the number one guy one of the top guys in the world and he goes toe to toe in like a razor close decision yeah and I think it just like it, it just something in him clicked and it changed and then he was on a just a you know, wreckage after that, and he. And the other fight 
they love, and I don't know why, it was right before he got his title fight, is the um, Andre Olovsky fight. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why, because, like, he was on some shit that night. I don't know what was going through his <laughs> mind. But, like, he, he came out, and I'm sitting there, and... I don't know, he was just like, he was, he walked out of his cage like he was joking around or just going to a party, it was the craziest thing, and he looks at me, and he throws me this wink and this head nod, I'm like, what a douche, and he looks at me, and he's just, was almost like hitting on me or something, I was right at the ring, (laughs) and then he gave me this nod, like, I'm about to knock this dude the fuck out, so watch me, and I was like, okay. It didn't take long, right? It was like a few minutes, two minutes late, right? Yeah. It was insane. I don't know. Those Jeez. fights, the Andre Olavsky one, I just think is funny because it was just whatever like mood he was in that night. And then, um, then the junior, yeah, junior was his first major turning point. Wow. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's it, once you realize you belong, whenever you like get there, that is a really powerful thing because now you could kind of you know next time whatever you're doing in in your life, it doesn't have to be just fighting, obviously. It's like once you realize that you exactly. like belong here, it, you could be a real estate agent and and cl- and beat out all these other agents for all these clients and closing deals, and you're like, holy shit, I'm I do I am one of the best. Once you realize that, that confidence just takes you up so many different levels that you you do go to a different place, right? Because after that exactly. fight, he, after that fight, he was a different fighter, like you said. Exactly, yeah. it was the same thing, like with uh, oh god, big country. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone's like, he's unbeatable. He was on that crazy fight, you know, fight streak. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a good one, too. I don't know. There's been so many. You almost forget, and then you look back, and you're like, have there really been that many? So what's <laughs> life like? I know, I'm sure. But what's life like for you guys now, now that he's won it again? What have the last month or so been like? Oh, man. I mean, chaotic. It's crazy, you know? yeah. Um, but it's great. It's chaotic in a great way. Um, he's he's feeling good. He's getting some getting some work done. Um, I don't know what it, did he, he did he recently post about uh, his treatments. So I think he tweeted something, but I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Now, uh, they, uh, is he going to be fighting Cormier for the third time? Is that official? No, you know that's. I mean. There's there's nothing. Officially. There's nothing official. Um, okay. Right. No, there's yeah no. But Dana um, White announced kind of something like that's going to happen next, and um, I don't know. I mean, people yeah. say a lot of stuff, but you know, there's right now Stipe's got to be medically good. He's he's getting some work done on his eye, um, and he's just got an X-ray on his X-ray on his hands, his right. one finger especially. Um, so first and foremost, he's got to be healthy. My main focus is his eye, um, a lot of eye pokes. And um, <laughs> yeah. no, seriously though, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. he had a minor. I think it. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it was a minor t- uh, retina tear. Wow. And, yeah, seriously. So I mean, people don't realize, you know, it's like it's it's uh, that's his eye. So um, yeah, has it been mentioned? Sure, but is is anything official? No. I mean, he's first. First, he's got to be 100%, and he wouldn't even be able to start a training camp until he was 100% in both eyes, right, you know? Right, So Well, listen, from a, a selfish standpoint from myself, and I'm sure a ton of fans, here, especially here in Cleveland, what I'd love to see him do is, is fight Cormier a third time in, in early 2020, 
and then go out and, and win that fight, and then go out and uh, and fight John Jones later in 2020, win that fight, and then call it a career. Uh, you guys would be fine. <laughs> that would be all right. I just don't know, like, as far as Cormier, you know, in Stipe's mind, I mean, he's pretty much settled what he wanted to settle. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he proved his point. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have no official UFC news or anything, but sure. um, I don't know that fans, like, really even necessarily want to see that. I mean, I get the trilogy thing, but I don't know if it's... You know what, though? I mean, just from a a fan standpoint, I don't know who else he's supposed to fight, though. I mean, that's the problem. That's the problem. And I think he's like he's been saying he's like I'm really curious to see where you know what UFC is going to do with this you know boxing division. Right. I mean, those are those are his roots. I mean, there's supposed to be some news come October. I think I heard. So I mean, that's something that definitely piques his interest. Um, Sure. And then. You know, there's obviously Jones. Um, I'd love that. I'd yeah, love that. I think he, he. I think he's looking for something that excites him and is going to challenge him. But the truth of the matter is, it's like you don't want to sound cocky, but he beat everybody in the division. So, so what do you do? Like yeah. they have to bring him something that's exciting. They have to bring him something that's worth it for him. And you I know mean, what I don't like? I don't think he. I don't think uh, Ngannou. Uh, my two cents. I don't think Ngannou's deserving of a, of a shot. So he already and he already took him out of out of the equation, in my opinion. You know. And the thing with Ngannou is like he put on a, a twenty five minute clinic on how to beat Ngannou. Yeah, he did. It was perfect. Like there's no like again like there's just no one right now in the division, in my opinion, that is worth like I mean who would who would spike your interest if you were Stipe. Like That's nobody. what I'm saying. I mean, I, again, I, listen. I, I would say, I would say, maybe the maybe the Cormier thing, just because because it's a trilogy, and obviously, I do think it would be big. Um, I think it would be bigger than what you think, maybe, but who knows? But the Jones, yeah. John Jones, is the only other one I think, and I think he beats Jones. I really do. I don't think Jones. Jones has... did trigger his. I mean, when they when some, when a lot of people have been mentioning Jones to him, and I mean that's kind of when I'll see his his ears perk up, you know. But um, well, you know what? He could be the first person to truly defeat uh, Jones, and then you know, and then he yeah. could ride off into the sunset or go do boxing or who knows. I think Jones. I don't think Jones could beat him. I don't think Jones has the power to beat him. So, I, I mean, I, I think know. that's actually be a great fight for Stipe, I think. Yeah, and I don't know, like, how they, you know, as far as UFC goes, I don't know how they work out, you know, the the weight class differences or how they would do what or what's official or what's not. But yeah. all I know is I think he wants them to bring him something exciting, you know, something right. new, something, someone who's actually going to challenge him. Mm-hmm. And um, Nagano, no, I definitely don't think. And Cormier, I don't know. I right, mean, it's, I understand. It's what just you're a, it's kind of like what's in it for him, you know? Yeah, I mean, after that build up this last time, it's like okay, I got it back, and yeah, it's like let's move on. To well, the next, and yeah. no offense, but like Cormier needs to learn how to keep his fucking hands closed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, excuse my language, but you know, it's, it's, see, that's a part as a wife, right? Like you do get angry because <laughs> you're like, he's got a torn retina. You know what I'm saying? How like, many eye pokes was that between the first and second? Do you know? Oh God, I don't know. I haven't counted them, but it's a lot. Because so there was a few a, in the first fight, correct? Oh yeah. yeah, I mean someone. I mean, I, I, one of them was gnarly. You know, it's like, and I'm not trying to badmouth anybody, but at the same time, you know, this is what happens. I mean, he's he just had a treatment done on his eye. He's got to go get it checked again in two more weeks. 
then they think you might need another one. Then that's that's got to heal for four weeks. Jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't even start a training camp if you can't 100% see out of both of your eyes. Right. So, I mean, in just regards to that alone, it's like, what's the motivation in fighting? Do you see two times now, two fights? He's poked him in the eye so many times. So it's like you kind of get to the point where you're annoyed with it. Um, I don't I know. I, mean, I get that for sure, yeah. You know, who knows? But who knows, we'll see. Right? I mean, we'll see what UFC brings him. Once he's healthy, he'll talk to them, and they'll figure out, you know, whatever it is they want to do. Well, listen, um, it's really cool hearing some, some of these stories behind the scenes. We're always hearing from the fighters and themselves, but we never hear about the wives and, like, what life's like. So uh, I know you guys have had a crazy ride the last several years, especially the last year or two. So I uh, appreciate you taking the time. And um, wishing you guys a phenomenal finish to 2019, and then obviously we'll be excited to see what happens for you in 2020. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.